Welcome to the Choosing to Stay podcast. We're your hosts, Hallie Roderick and Stephanie Hamby, certified relationship and recovery coaches. We specialize in supporting couples who are healing from infidelity and betrayal. We invite you to join us each week as we explore the challenges and joys of the recovery journey for couples who are choosing to stay in a relationship after betrayal. We'll encourage you with hope for healing and transformation. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay. Welcome to today's episode. Today we're going to jump into a really important topic that we all would benefit from understanding as we're working through the healing process of choosing to stay after there's been betrayal in your relationship. And that is the big topic of emotions. How do I, we identify them? How do we process them? How do we receive them from our partner when there's strong emotions and interactions? And so we're going to jump into this really big topic today and try to do our best and see where this conversation leads us because Stephanie and I both have a lot of strong ideas around emotions and some cool things that we've learned along the way that we hope to share with you today. So Stephanie, where do you think we should start? Where do we jump in with this big topic? So I think that the first part that is really important is understanding why it's important to address our emotions or to understand them, to have clarity around them and how they affect us in our reactions and our responses. So really it's, it's the, why it's so important to do this work around our emotions and the benefits of it to be able to show up with empathy and to have this self-awareness. And so I think there's tons of benefits around learning and understanding your emotions. And so, I don't know, do you want to start there? Yeah, I think that's great. I think, I love that you brought up the self-awareness because I think that's kind of what it all stems back to is a self-awareness. And there's also this connection between how, what we're feeling and the emotions that we're experiencing and how, and that they're connected to our behavior and the choices that we make. And so I think having that self-awareness to understand what's coming up for us when we're experiencing strong emotions is really important. It makes me think of Viktor Frankl's quote where he says, between stimulus and response is a space. And in that space lies our freedom. That might not be exactly how he says it, but we gotta, we need to give ourselves the space to have that self-awareness to know what's going on for us before we respond. And when we do that, we can make a logical choice of how we're going to choose to react rather than an automatic response when we're not aware of what's coming up for us. And so I think giving ourselves that space to have that self-awareness and to really look at what's coming up for us and why is an important skill that we can develop. And that's what I think is important to understand too, is that emotional intelligence and emotional awareness is a skill. And if you struggle with it right now, it's okay because you can learn, you can practice and you can learn skills. And we will give you a few tools that Stephanie and I both like to use personally and with our clients that will help you as we go along today. Yeah. The, I was, whenever you mentioned that about it being a learned skill, I thought this is most of us are not taught how to express emotions or to even suppress them. So sometimes even in early childhood, maybe it wasn't directly said to us, but we have picked up on 
this like culturally that we suppress feelings or emotions that are unwanted. And so what I tend to see is we don't cry because it's an expression of the emotion. We don't cry because that doesn't make us strong or that makes us look weak or we don't express anger because women don't do that. You know, so we pick up on these cues or these things throughout our life that teach us about how to suppress or to avoid or withdraw from emotions. When Mm -hmm. the truth is, is that the emotion is alive within us and it will come out one way or the other, which is exactly what you're just saying. It's, it's through the behavior And so being able to understand what is going on inside of us, what our emotions are saying to us, that gives us clarity. So our emotions are there for a reason and they are to give light to something that we need. So behind every emotion is a need that needs to be met by God, ourselves or others. And so what, when we suppress those or withdraw or avoid experiencing or investigating those, then that's whenever we have responses and reactions that we are like, oh no, that I was acting outside of my value system whenever I responded in this way. There's an analogy, a shaken pop bottle analogy, where we all know if there if we have a pop bottle and we shake it enough, then pretty soon the pressure is going to get so great that it's going to erupt and explode all over everything. And that is sort of relatable to emotions in that if we don't address our emotions and explore our emotions and what's coming up for this for us eventually they're going to surface and they're going to come they're going to come out maybe sideways i appreciate your bringing up kind of the upbringing that a lot of us experience i think today where it's more acceptable and and more people are more people are looking at their emotions and kind of understanding and working to develop emotional awareness and intelligence and you mentioned that for women it's not acceptable to be angry or it used to not be and i think back to of like i can even think back to my own parenting when my kids were little but you know come on jump up and rub some dirt on it and it's okay don't cry you'll be fine and and that doesn't serve us well in the long run to just ignore emotions and pain and, and feelings that are coming up for us. So I love that we're digging into this topic and going to explore it a little bit. And I think it's particularly important in this world of betrayal trauma and the healing journey, because there can be a lot of strong emotions that can be really confusing when you're working through emotions related to betrayal for both partners. And so doing, taking the responsibility to become aware of what you're experiencing and owning the behaviors that come up around, you know, your strong emotions is a really important part of the relational healing for couples working through betrayal trauma. Yeah. So there was, there's two things that I just thought of whenever you're saying that the first one was the emotional roller coaster. So a lot of my clients will label the way that they feel or the partner will label the way they feel as this emotional roller coaster. So the overwhelm that is experienced, which we talked about last week, the overwhelm that is experienced through from the trauma is directly related to the emotion. So it, there's like this extreme emotions that are going on. 
high highs and low lows or just it's like an immediate jump from one emotion to another while containing all the emotions. And so it feels like you're on this emotional roller coaster. Then the other thing that I was thinking of is that another valuable piece of learning and being able to acknowledge and name and all identify your emotions is if you don't know what's going on inside of you, you can't show up to a relationship to be able to have empathy for someone else. And so that's how relationship is born and grown is through communication of this is me and this is what's going on inside of me. I, I think it can be a really confusing thing too, especially for the one with sexual integrity issues to witness their partner having such strong emotions that seem maybe not logical to them. They may not, they might have a hard time understanding that the high highs and the low lows. And so having some compassion and some empathy for what your, your spouse is experiencing as they're doing their work is, can be, can open the door for a different level of intimacy. If you can show up for them, even if the emotions don't make sense, but if you can show up for them in the highs and the lows and be there for them, it can really, be a a healing tool for the relationship if you can can be patient and have empathy for the strong emotions that come up i had an additional thought on that too is that the the strong emotions that are felt they are from the partner's perspective they are just as confusing to the partner as the other person and so there is a lot of confusion going on and that's why this work is so good for both both the partner and the one with sexual integrity issues. So they can both come to, Oh, okay. Now I see where you're coming from. Those, those strong emotions and the confusion around it can be really uncomfortable too. So I don't know if you've noticed this with some of your clients, but I've noticed that we almost can swing to the other edge of a pendulum. So if the strong emotions and the yo-yo of them up and down is on one end of the the pendulum, the other end is where it's so painful to experience this that we just go to a place where we don't experience anything. We kind of go to this place of numb. I kind of describe it as like becoming your own personal antidepressant where you get so good at managing your emotions that you're actually not allowing yourself to feel the high highs and the low lows. And it's not necessarily a healthy place to be either, to be just in that flat line place of you know, it's, it's too painful to feel the highs and lows. So I'm just going to not feel anything. And so we need to find a, a way to balance that and kind of meet in the middle of where we can really look at what's coming up for us and then allow ourselves to feel it without trying to shut it down or push it away. Yeah. The part with the emotions that causes us to want to, it's almost like a dissociation. We want to, to dissociate from the pain because it's so heavy. And the part of that is that we, by doing that, and I do think there's appropriate times that, that like we can put those emotions in the container so that we can function to pick up our children from school or whatever it is that those common tasks. But at some point we have to pick it up and revisit it, mm-hmm. investigate it, see why it's there so that we know that that's how we learn about ourselves we learn what's working and what's not working. And that's how we grow as people. Yeah. There's a couple of important questions that we need to ask ourselves when we're looking at managing our emotions. And that is, what am I feeling? What caused this feeling? 
and what information is this this feeling trying to tell me and digging into that I think being able to well, and there's some different philosophies on this being able to put <clears throat> language to what it is that you're feeling and being able to identify what it is that you're feeling for some people can be really help helpful and I think if you're struggling to even put words to what you're feeling sometimes we feel a lot of strong emotions and we can say I'm really angry or I'm sad or I'm hurt and not know what's underneath that I think one of the best and most simple tools that you can use is an emotion wheel I know when I f first discovered an emotion wheel I was like oh yeah I'm angry because I feel let down or I'm sad because, you know, and be able to see what's underneath those big emotions, I think can be really helpful for some people to really be able to take a look at that and go, oh yeah, it makes sense why I'm feeling this strong emotion of anger as I look what's underneath it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. And this, this could be a good tool for our listeners is the verbiage around that. So behind every emotion is the need, which is very similar to what you were saying when I feel this way or when this happens and you fill in the blank, I feel like this. And so, yeah, we have to take that. Oh, like we can label the emotion, like with the emotion will or the feelings will. And then, well, why did I feel that way? And the why is there was a need behind that that needs to, to be met. Mm -hmm. Maybe this would be an appropriate time to share a tool. I know we both have a couple that we want to use. I have one that I introduced to my clients and I learned it from a therapist somewhere and then kind of put my own twist on it. So it is, I call it the voices at the round table and we'll, I'll attach an instruction sheet to our show notes. If anybody wants to practice using this one to kind of help you put some language to what you're feeling. What I do, what I encourage clients to do is get an emotion wheel and you go around the emotion wheel and you write down, so it's a journaling exercise, you write down every emotion that you can relate to in there, both comfortable and uncomfortable. I like to use that language instead of positive and negative emotions because there's, I think negative emotions gives it kind of a, a meaning that it's not okay and I actually don't believe that. I think all emotions are okay. So I like to use comfortable and uncomfortable emotions, but write identify which ones you're relating to and then after you've gone through and made your list of ones you're relating to next to each emotion say I'm feeling anxious because I'm really nervous to show up to this meeting today or I'm feeling let down because I was really hoping that this would happen and it didn't and then you give a voice to whatever the feeling is that you're experiencing and then you can take it a step further and say, where do I notice that in my body? And I think that's really important because our body's always sending us a message. Our body, sometimes we can feel it in our body before we're able to make the connection of the language or say what, what it is we're feeling. So if we can make that body experience connected to what we're feeling with our emotions, I think that's, that can be an important tool for us. And so after you've given all of your feelings a voice, the last voice that I like to listen to, if you're spiritual, is God's voice. I kind of lay it out there and say, okay, I have a lot of strong emotions and I'm giving these over to you and asking you to help me carry the weight of this emotion. And then what is 
my one next step. Not that I have to have the answer to all of my problems, but just like, what should I do next? And sometimes that's get some sleep. Sometimes that's go hug your child. Sometimes that's, here's how you have this conversation. Sometimes it's, you know, doesn't have to be a big answer to the solution of your major struggles that you're having, but just what's my one next step that I need to take? And it makes it a little more manageable. But I think it can be really helpful to get all of the thoughts related to our emotions out of our head and onto the paper. That takes us out of our emotional brain and purposefully puts us back into our frontal lobe and our logical brain where our value-based thoughts and choices are coming from. So I really like that emotion journaling exercise and I'll put a link to that in the show notes if anybody wants to look at it and try it. It can be helpful. It takes a little time so it's not one maybe you do every day but when you start to feel a buildup of strong emotions it can be really helpful. I love that Hallie. I totally agree with whenever we can get what is going on inside of our head and our heart out whether that's on paper or communicating it to someone else it really lightens the load. So whether there is a solution to the problem or not, it lightens it, but it also gives us clarity like, Oh, that's the thoughts that we're spinning in my head. Mm-hmm. And so I love that it's a journaling prompt. I'll share mine really quick. It's very similar to Hallie's and I'll connect it in the show notes too. It's how's your heart. And so we I start with the heart, which you can't see I'm drawing a heart, but you start with the left corner of the heart and that is what's going on in your mind. So that's your thoughts. Was there something that happened like a life situation? What are the thoughts around the event? Or is this, this just a thought that's come up in your mind? Then you check in with your body. Like Hallie was, Hallie was saying on her tool, you check in with your body. Where do you feel it in your body? Did your body respond in any way? And that could even look like I am just feeling overly tired. How is your body responding to what is going on? And then the third one, which is at the top right corner of your heart is connecting to God. And I would say this looks like prayer time or journaling, even like next steps, like Hallie was saying, and just spending time with God. What does he say about this? What does this mean for me? And then you use the feelings wheel. And I also have a large feelings list that's attached to this PDF. And so you can look down through there. What are my feelings? And then that way you, whenever you are coming into conversation with someone, or you can journal about this too, you have, oh, this is how my heart's doing. And this is what's going on. So that's a really great tool. And I use that with my couples, both in the relationship do this. And so whenever they come to their check-ins, they already have this prepared. This is what's going on inside of me. So that's a good tool to use. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I can see how that would be really beneficial for both of them to do that work and then show up and create that opportunity for intimacy as they share what's coming up for the, for each other. The one with sexual integrity issues will use this tool and they will create a note. You can do a shared notes in your phone or however you guys share notes and create this How's My Heart. And as a life situation happens throughout the day, they have this shared note. And they can put it in there. So maybe if maybe if there's a certain event that happened during the day, I need to do a check-in. How's my heart around this? And he'll just put it in there. And so she can see it too. And it's a good way for whenever they come together, this event happened today. And this is something I want to talk about. And so that's really handy to have too. 
Yeah, I can see how that would help you develop some empathy too, as your spouse is sharing what's coming up for them. If you can approach it with an open mind and an open heart, that that can help develop some empathy for what your spouse is experiencing. So that's yeah. really, really good, good thing to use. I like that. So I think it's important to make that bridge at the connection between noticing what we're experiencing and putting a name to it. And then how do we choose how we're going to respond in a value-based way on that? So I learned a tool from a, a friend of mine who's a therapist. Her name's Ashley Levitt. And she has a tool she uses. She calls it Notice It, Name It, Test It, and Trigger It. And I think that tool can be really helpful. So the first step is to notice it. That's where that body connection can come in. If you notice a shift or something happening inside your body, you can be like, whoa, something just changed right there. I'm noticing that my heart is racing or I'm noticing that I have that pit in my stomach. And then you get curious about it and you name it, which is the second step. Name it. Oh, ouch, that really hurt. I'm feeling really hurt right now because of that text that I just received. And then you test it. Is this the appropriate time to express those emotions? And we know that sometimes we feel hurt or angry and we're not in a position because maybe we're at work or we're, we're with our kids or we're at a social event that we can't express that emotion. So we test it. Okay, I'm feeling really hurt. I can't talk right now, but I'll respond to that later. And then the trigger it. The trigger it is what what actions or what choices do I want to make? What behaviors do I want to have in this moment when I'm feeling hurt? Although I'm hurt right now, I'm not in a position to express that hurt. I'm in a position right now where I'm with my kids. So I'm in a triggered love right now instead of triggering that, that hurt. I think that gives us power over our emotions too as we develop that skill. It helps us realize that we can honor what's coming up for us. We can allow it to be there and we can still make value-based choices as we respond to our emotions. And just like you said a, little, a few minutes ago, sometimes it's okay to, to work on managing those emotions and express them in a healthy way at the appropriate time and in, a, in an appropriate way. And I also just want to validate that in betrayal trauma, sometimes your ability to do that, especially initially, is really minimized when you're having a trauma response or you're in a super triggered state. Your ability to do that because of what's happening physiologically in your body and in your brain is minimized. So that's why I like to refer to it as a skill because the more we practice being aware of what's coming up for us, especially in those activating states, then the more power we can have over our choices related to the emotions and the feelings that we are experiencing. That's so good. I, I definitely think that there's huge importance in naming and then being able to have awareness around how we normally would respond. Or like you said, when the, the trauma is activated, then we go to responding in ways that are not ourselves. They're against our value system. Being able to have this awareness and it is a skill that is learned. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. And you're able to predict, oh, when I feel this way, this is what, this is how I normally respond, but I want to respond this way. And I use this tool. I call it the 20 minute rule. Once you have 
started to do some of these journaling exercises, you start feeling it come up. And if you're in a conversation, now I wouldn't say that this would be appropriate. Like if you're in like a social setting, you don't want to like step away from your job for 20 minutes to do this, which you could, but like in conversation with your spouse, if you are feeling triggered and you feel like you may respond in a way that's against your value system, you can take 20 minutes and just say, I need a 20 minute pause break, go do some journaling, think about your emotions, think about how you normally respond. How do you want to respond to this? And maybe it's, I don't want to communicate with you. I need to emotionally detach for the rest of the day until I get this figured out. But that 20 minute rule really helps in this, whenever we are flooded with emotions and have those extreme highs and lows, we can step away from it, come back into our logical brain. Oh no, this is how I would really like to react or handle this or to express what I am feeling. I think this is a really important discussion to continue. So join us next episode where we're going to talk about ways that we can develop the skill of showing up for our spouse when these strong emotions surface in our interactions. And I think that's an important piece to understand. And we'll give you some ideas about how you can practice showing up when your spouse is feeling some strong emotions. So thank you so much for being with us today. We hope you've gotten some great value from this. Please check the show notes for those couple of downloads that you can get from those exercises that you can use to start practicing the skill of developing more emotional awareness. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Choosing to Stay podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, we invite you to subscribe, share, and leave us a review. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay.